It is so good to be in the house of the Lord with you all in person. Can we welcome those who are with us online one time? Welcome wherever you're watching from, different state, different country, later on YouTube rebroadcast. My name is Andy, if we have not met yet. And can I just say Happy New Year? I was not here last week. I want to shout out my, my man, Caleb Stout, wherever he's at, our youth pastor for bringing the word. Where's he at? Where's he at? Caleb, Caleb, raise your hey, give it up for this man. He brought a word. Come on. Appreciate you. And uh, if you are brand new to One Church, if you're with us in the house, you probably got this card walking in. We are a growing church. We are still, I guess, a baby church, though we launched about two years ago. We're coming up on our two-year anniversary. Can you believe that? January 28th. But uh, you might have gotten this on your way in. This is just a connect card. It's our way to follow up with you. You can drop this in the black box there. Matter of fact, we have one step today. So right after the service, I would love to meet you. You get to meet the staff here, the vision, culture, values. And we're going to serve a free meal. We're going to have BB Bop, BB Bob. Yes, dairy-free, gluten-free, everything free. Protein and veggies and rice only. Can I get an amen for your fast that's coming up, right? Uh, but I would love to invite you to that. Number two, I want to talk to the youth, youth family, 6th through 12th graders. Our very first youth event that is public, so to speak, is January 28th. Caleb is going to be leading that youth bowling. I believe God has anointed and chosen this man and his wife to lead the charge. And I love 1 Timothy 4.12 says, don't let others look down on you because you're young, but set the example in life, speech, faith, and purity. And this man is setting an example. Coming out of Indiana Westland, I believe in Caleb. I honor him. Uh, he's someone I think is a baby boy back there. I can't tell. Uh, maybe someone else's baby. I don't know. But I would love to invite you to this and come talk to Caleb afterwards. There will be a QR code that will play on the uh, stream afterwards on the slides and if you're watching online. But would you pray with me as we go to the word this morning? Father, we love you. And I'm so thankful we're two more gathered in your name. You are there with us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Jesus, we want to see you high and exalted. It says in your word, as we lift up Jesus, you will draw all men and women, children unto you, Father. And I believe, God, as we are, seems like living in the last days, Lord, as the world gets darker and darker, I thank you that the church just burns brighter and brighter. God, we love you. And I pray that this message that I believe is specifically for today, that you would just get me out of the way, Father. Uh, I, I don't want to get in the way of what you want to do. I pray that your word would be spoken clearly, boldly, and I pray that hearts would be ready to receive, that we'd be totally surrendered to you to be transformed forever. It's in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen, amen and amen. This is technically week number three of a series we are calling Set the Pace and I want to honor the fact that this is MLK weekend. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We want to honor that. And he gave this famous speech that many of y'all are, are aware of. And I honor him. You know, I, I have so many, some of my, my closest friends are black brothers and sisters in Christ. And I learn from them and I honor them. And I, I'm so thankful that we're a church that embraces unity, that embraces that we are one. I really felt that prophetically as we planted our church, uh, being in Westfield, Indiana, knowing the demographics. Um, it's funny, uh, growing up, you know, I played basketball, and, and when I was with a lot of my, my black brothers and sisters, I always felt at home with them. Uh, I'm an NBA chaplain, NBA G League chaplain, and I'm usually the minority hanging around them, and I love it. I learn from them. I honor them. And MLK, during this famous speech that he gave, he, he obviously started out with, I have a dream. 
And as I was thinking about this weekend, as I was thinking about the passage of Scripture God gave me, I want to ask you this question, and it's this. What what is your dream? What's the dream that God placed inside of you? What's the dream that God placed inside of you as a little kid that maybe you forgot about? What's the dream? You know, it says in Acts chapter 2, in the last days, that God's people would have dreams. They would have visions that as we get nearer and nearer to Christ's return, I believe God still speaks through dreams. I believe that God's given you dreams that you maybe thought was the coffee you drank or the meal that you had, Chick-fil-A, three times in a row. But really, God has dreams and visions that he wants to come to pass in your life. I believe that. I want to show you a picture when I figured out not long after what my dream was. This was me uh, back in the day. And some of you are like, Andy, you look the exact same. I mean, honestly... 27 years later, whatever. That's me with my Reggie Miller jersey on with my Dwight Schrute haircut. Apparently, I don't know what's going on there. The middle part, part in the Red Sea down the middle, right? Uh, you can go to the next picture. This uh, One of my favorites right here. Uh, this, this is me getting my KG jersey back when I was, I think, first grade or so. But I remember in first grade, they said, what, what's your dream? You know, my first grade teacher, Mrs. Alberts, I went to uh, Cary Ridge Elementary. I am from, what's up, Cary Ridge? So this is my hometown. If you're brand new to One Church, this is my hometown. I grew up here, played basketball here, K through 12. I love pastoring in my hometown. You know, it was really exciting. When they asked me to plant in Westfield, my district superintendent, I uh, really quick thought of the scripture that said, the prophet is without honor in his hometown. That's really exciting. Great. Let's go do that. Um, let's, let's go back to my hometown where everyone knows me, BC, right? Before I knew Christ and all of that. But I remember they, they asked me in our class somewhere along the line, they were asking us like, well, what's your dream? And me and my classmates in first grade, we, we had this MBA book that, that I don't even know what it was called, but it was like this probably like 25-page book, and we'd go under the computer table, right, and we'd read it together, and I was just like obsessed with it, right? Like, like I ate it, slept it, breathed it. I mean, my parents called me like a walking ESPN. That was just kind of our thing, I guess, and I knew all the stats, and my dream was to go to the NBA, and then I turned out to be 5'11 and couldn't jump and wasn't very athletic, but I could shoot the three, so that's why I stopped in varsity basketball, right? There was my, right? But that was my dream, and, and God has a funny way of rewriting your dreams. He has a funny way of rebuilding what you envision for your life. He has a funny way of, of you kind of picturing yourself. You're probably in that place today, right? A lot of us are, are in a space, a season of life. You're, you're saying to your spouse, your family, like, I, I didn't know I'd be here. And maybe you don't feel encouraged about that. Maybe like, I honestly thought at this point in my life, at this age, at this stage, I thought my life would be different. I want to talk to you. I want to look at the story of Nehemiah. We're not going to be able to unpack everything, but Nehemiah is in the Old Testament. This is a story about not only the the deliverance of God's people, the freedom of God's people out of captivity, the Babylonian captivity, the exile, but then it's also about the rebuilding. And I believe this as we go into 2024, God wants to rebuild some things in your life. Things that the enemy wanted to steal from you in 2023, for me, man, I'm going to be honest with you. Man, I felt like my marriage and our family was under attack more than ever in 2023. I see already God is rebuilding some things in our family. He's rebuilding some things in our marriage. What does God want to rebuild in your life this year? Nehemiah's dream was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. 
And it starts off verse 1 through 11. It says this, The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hen and I, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in the great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down. Its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. Did you have a moment in 23 like that? I know I did. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before God of heaven. And I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, I mean, you can feel the dream that's birthing out of this place of destruction, out of this place of devastation, out of this place of slavery. Then I said, Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love. He's a faithful God with those who love him and keep his commandments. Verse 6, let your ear be attentive and your eyes be open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself, my father's family have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed commands, decrees, and laws. We basically ignored them that, that your servant Moses gave us. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even your exiled people are at the furthest horizon. I will even gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. I even love this prophetically that Faith shared this from the stage during worship, that, that God is bringing people together. We're returning. I believe this is a year that we're returning back to our first love. We're returning back to community. We're returning back to what, what was once lost in your life, the joy of your salvation. I believe that. Verse 10, there are servants in your people whom you redeem by your great strength in your mighty hand. Verse 11, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and the prayer of your servants who delight in re revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. In the Psalms, Psalm 126, verse 1 says this. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, many people believe that this is in connection to the story of Nehemiah, Ezra, this chapter of biblical history. It says they were like those who what? Who dreamed. I want to show you a picture of me skiing this past week. Uh, first off, we're starting off with my daughter, Aliana. That was her first time. Shout out to you, baby. I know you're not feeling well today, but you're watching with us online. Uh, that was one of the most precious things, can I admit, I've ever seen, to see her little face just like peeking over that, right? Uh, shout out to my brother-in-law, Uncle Tony, who taught her. You don't want me teaching her how to ski, okay? Those were not my skis around her. That was my brother-in-law. Let's go to this picture of Leanne's and I. We had a blast, and uh, I shouted out Leanne's on social media after two kids. She is still shredding it on the snow. She's actually an incredible snowboarder, so shout out to my wife. But I shared this picture. It's kind of funny. My first time ever skiing, uh, it was my second time, actually, was our, one of our first dates as a couple, okay? Just funny story. We're, we're driving down. She's like, you ever done this before? I'm like, yeah, you know, like I went with my college friends, and you know, they, they kind of taught me, and this was Leanne's and I's second date, okay? And, and, and you know, like, as the guy, you got to impress. You got to, like, be bold and be like, I can do any mountain. I've, I've done this, right? I've done this once, okay? Well, I'm kidding you not, man. I, I went 
straight down that hill. So I, I'm not even making this up. Like, I think it was the second or third run. I, I went so fast, and I told Lienza, I was like, this guy kept going back and forth, back and forth. He's in my way. If you know anything about skiing, that's exactly what you're supposed to do, okay? You're supposed to slow yourself down. You're supposed to do an S kind of curve, right? And I'm like, he's in my way. I went straight down, okay? So maybe learn some lessons along the way. This was my fourth or fifth time skiing, and so I had them to teach me some things. But I had this revelation, this aha moment. We talked about revelation, epiphany last week, the week before. I had an epiphany that... You know, you, you know that God speaks to you in like the most mundane moments, right? Like we, we make the Holy Spirit just like boxed into big revivals. Come on, we, we, we kind of box him into like, oh, I went to this camp. I was at that revival. That's usually just because God had your full attention, okay? But he can speak to you anywhere. 24-7, 365, you are the temple of the living God. If you're a believer in Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You are literally hosting the presence of God. It's amazing when you start to unpack what that means in Scripture. But... For so many of us, we forget that, that the dreams, the mundane moments are actually where God really shows up, right? It's when you're changing the diaper. It's when you're just about to go skiing. It's when you're about to hop in the car. It's not always at these big revivals, these big nights. You just hear this still, small voice in your heart. And it happened to me right before I, I took this hill. Lienza and, and Uncle Tony, Anthony, as we call him, they, they invited me to join them, and I'm sitting up in the lodge. You know, I'm like, this is Aliana's first time. I want to be with her. I want to see her and just kind of relish in this moment. She's obsessed with Frozen right now. She, she wants to watch Olaf and all the snow. Okay, all that stuff. Girl dad moment. Some of you are like, Andy, okay. But they asked me to go on this hill, and, and I immediately felt this knee jerk of fear. And, and, and I actually said, I was like, I'm just going to stay here. Like, I even paid literally for boots, four skis, I'm ready, and something in my flesh just said, like, I'd rather just, like, not take the risk of getting hurt. I'm just going to stay up here. And I felt like literally in that moment, the Holy Spirit said, Andy, when did you start agreeing with fear? When did that happen? That's not who you are. When did you just decide, oh, yeah, I'm just not going to do it? No, 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 Andy, you're someone that always rises to the occasion. You step up bold. This is my question for you. Have you stopped dreaming and started agreeing with the enemy? Because if you're not dreaming, you're agreeing with something. Well, it's just too late. I mean, I'm, I'm too old. I, I, I don't really have the gift set. I didn't go to college. Like, like what, what are the thoughts that the enemy is kind of putting in place in between the gap of you and your dream that God gave you? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't just have the training. I mean, I can never have a platform like they do. I don't have all the right resources. The enemy will always give you an excuse why your dream can't come to fruition. You know that, right? So if you've stopped dreaming, what are you agreeing with this morning? Then I said to them, it says in the text, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. And I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding then. So they began the good work. Some of us have put a pause on our dream, and can I encourage you? Your dream is going to come to fruition one brick at a time. Start small and dream big. That's how we started this church. It started with 10 of us in my parsonage house that I was a youth pastor out in Fishers. 10 of us in May of 2021. And look at what God has done. That's only to his glory, right? Start small and dream big. 
But when they asked him and they heard about it, they mocked him. They ridiculed him. We're going to talk about this more. What is this you're doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? Verse 20, I answer them by saying, I love this, the, the confidence Nehemiah had. The God of heaven will give us success. He spoke it. He's going to bring it to fruition. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. I want to show you another picture on my journey. This was me playing high school basketball my senior year. That's uh, Ryan Klein guarding me. He was taller than me, probably a better shooter than me. He was one of those guys that I would say, man, I could never be like him, right? He ended up going and playing at Purdue. Carmel always beat us by 1,000. Um, praise God. <laughs> that has been switched. Westfield won sectionals, I think, a couple years ago. So praise God. We can celebrate that. But I want to share more about my story with you. This is my testimony. You know, Revelation tells us that we, we will conquer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our what? Our testimony. So, so one of the things God is really challenging me to do in this year is to really share my testimony boldly and unashamed and unapologetically because this is my story. So I had three concussions in basketball, one sophomore year, one junior year, and one senior year. The one in senior year, I don't normally go as in detail on this, but it was so bad that it took me about two, two and a half years to heal from, that I got so much whiplash in my neck, I don't even remember what happened. The first one, some Canadian center uh, blindsided me, snapped my head down. The, the next one, this was great, uh, an elbow to the temple. That doesn't feel good, right? Concussion number two. It's funny because my parents didn't want me to play football. So they thought I'd get concussions. Well, they came through basketball. So, so number three, I don't even remember what happened. Lafayette Jeff is one of the first games. And guess what? I played through it. Uh-oh. Shame on me. I didn't even tell my coaches for seven games that I think I had a concussion. Had to repent for that. Lied to my own coaches senior year of high school. Well, I had to kind of face those consequences. You know, sometimes we, we, we blame God for decisions we made. Isn't that funny? Well, God, why didn't you show up for me? Why didn't you do it as fast as I thought you would? And God's like, but you're not living in accordance with my will. Like, I want to bless you, but I just can't right now. That's where I was, running from God, rebelling against God. I, I said I was a believer, but I was living kind of in manipulation, lying, kind of like one foot in and one foot out. You ever been there before? That was me. Well, my third concussion was so bad, you all, that, that um, it was one of the most painful, probably the most painful physical time of my life because I'm such a relational person that uh, it, was, it was horrible because anytime I'd be in a conversation with someone, the concussion, the way it kind of pinched some nerves around my neck, I went to a chiropractor, physical therapist, I would overheat and my whole body would like flood with heat and I couldn't focus in conversations. And it was so bad, I couldn't focus in school and I, I did not feel like myself. It was the weirdest experience I've ever had in my life, but it was like a year of feeling like I was not myself anymore. Like, like the relational part of me, the joy in me, I uh, got my wisdom teeth out the same time frame. That's horrible, right? And, uh, and then I was on, like, figuring out, is that, like, my wisdom teeth? What's going on? But then I had this revelation. Eventually, God healed me and, and, and restored me. Praise be to God. But I had this revelation. This is the point I want to put up on the screen is dreams are often birthed from the place where our greatest pain and our greatest passion meet. What I realized in that time of my life, I think of Nehemiah, dream, pain, devastation. A lot of times the pain and the problem presents the dream that God had for you in a roundabout way. 
He's sovereign. Sometimes we can't understand it. There's some things that happen in our life that, that we cannot, it's just hard to understand, right? When you lose a baby, you lose a loved one. You know, like oftentimes we want to encourage and preach like, well, you know, God did this so we could get there. Sometimes there's just moments where I, I don't know, right? I think we have to kind of unbox the difference between a tragedy and a trial. That'll be for another sermon. But that's something that you can pray about with the Lord. But in this part of my life, I felt like this was a trial. I think God was allowing me to kind of, you know, bear the weight of my own decisions. And what I realized in that season, you can put up this picture. This is fast forward. Um, I, I share a little bit about my testimony that God brought this full circle where now I'm serving basketball players. I'm pastoring basketball players. I serve with the Indiana Mad Ants downtown at Gamebridge, and I get to serve the Pacers organization. And God literally rewrote my whole story. But what I realized, dreams are often birthed from the place where our greatest pain meets our greatest passion. Ten years ago, it was almost literally to the exact day, ten years ago, December, January of 2013 to 2014. We just entered from 2023 to 2024. I had the epiphany that I could still make an impact without being on the court. I was wearing a suit and tie. I was watching our boy, Charlie Warner, who's a part of our church, hilarious, play in my spot, okay? And I was a senior. He was a freshman. He was much better than me anyway, so let him have it, right? Wore my jersey and everything. But I realized I had an epiphany 10 years ago. I didn't even know I would end up being a chaplain. I didn't even know I would end up serving basketball players. But I realized I didn't have to be on the court to make an impact. Are you with me? So number one, here's this. I want to give you four practical points for this message. Here's number one. Let God redefine your dream. A lot of times we're so fed up with, with the place that we're in in life, but you don't have God's perspective yet on where he sees you, where he's taking you. And I want to encourage someone with this phrase, man, this, this unlocked something in me when I, when I heard this, when I, when I had the revelation, the epiphany, that God doesn't shame our passions. He gives purpose to it. So if you are a builder by nature, what if God called you to build, make architectural blueprints for the kingdom, right? I shouted out Josh Parlos last time. He's doing that. What, what are you passionate about? Is it singing? Is it rapping? Is it drawing? Is it uh, being a doctor, a nurse? And, and I think a lot of times, right, we, we, we get into following Jesus. And yes, he says, take up your cross. Yes, die to yourself. But oftentimes, the Lord, get this, he wants to take your passion and turn it into a platform. You're not just at the doctor's office by accident. We separate sacred and, and, and simple. We, like, like God's like, no, that's your place of worship. That's your place where, where you get to shine your light. You get to be exactly who I've created you to be in your gifting. When that aha clicked on for me, I was like, oh, my goodness, Lord. I can be exactly who I felt like I was supposed to be, but all for your glory. Psalm 23, I, I think, was for 2023. Prophetically, you can look into this more, but, but so much of what I think a lot of us went through, Psalm 23 just unpacks it. Lord, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Even in the presence of my enemies, my cup overflows. But I believe this, as I've been researching, praying, hearing from other believers, I believe Psalm 24 is for 2024. And I want to unpack this with you. Psalm 24, let this be a guide for how we understand how our dreams come to fruition. You with me? 
Verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let me just speak this into you. Your dream is not yours. It's the Lord's. He's the one who gave it to you. He's the one who owns it. The moment that you finally just surrender it back to him, you're going to be a lot happier, I promise. A lot more peace. For he found it on the seas. He established it on the waters. Sometimes this is what God has to do. He has to crush your dreams to rebuild them better than you could ever imagine. God sometimes allows things to fall apart so that he can rebuild them better than you could ever dream of. My original dream was to go to the NBA. My original dream was to go and, and, and do this. But guess what? That dream was all about me in the beginning. God has to take you on a journey years and years and years where he has to detox that dream. Where you get to realize this actually isn't about me. God placing me there, that's not about me. God placing me with the mad ants, that's not about me. That's not about a platform. That's not about anything but me shining my light there. That's it. It's all about him. God has to detox your dream. It's all about him. And number two, it's all about others. That's the beautiful part of my testimony that I'm beginning to understand. God, you put that passion in my heart for basketball. What is that for you, right? But over time, over two decades, basically, since that dream, right, when I was like eight years old, now I'm 28 years old, now I'm seeing in two decades, God, you had to detox me to get my eyes off myself and put it back on you so I could use this for you. Like, he wants those dreams and those desires of your heart to come to fruition. He just doesn't want it to be all about you. He wants to get the glory. So sometimes, what did God allow to crumble in your life in the past few years? Did he allow a friendship to crumble? Now, if you're in a covenant in a marriage, that's different, right? A lot of times, we treat marriage like a contract, not a covenant. We treat our relationship with God like a contract and not a covenant. But I'm talking about things like maybe it was a friendship, maybe it was a job, maybe it was like, man, I thought I'd be at this place in my career, but I'm not. What if God has a plan to rebuild that better than you could ever imagine? Look at what Habakkuk 2.2 says. The Lord replied, and he said this. Let's just read it together. Write down the revelation. Let me ask you this question. What do you write down? You write down passwords? Anybody? You get that smart password, Strong's password, G31596, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Anyone ever going to remember that? No. Good thing Apple remembers it for you, right? That's the purpose of a strong password. Who writes down passwords? Just raise your hand. Okay. Who writes down phone numbers? Okay, maybe I'm talking to some old school generation. Okay, okay. Who writes down emails? Why don't you write down Revelation. It is biblical in a command that if you want to see the vision and the dreams God has put it in your life and spoken into you, write it down. Write it down and make it what? Make it plain. If your dream is not intimidating to you, it's probably not big enough. If you think you can accomplish your dream by yourself, it may not be from God. A lot of times we think dreams are from God and they're not, they're about us, right? We go into a new year and we're like, I'm gonna start this business this year and I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna go there and the Lord says, no, 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 a wise man numbers his days. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but pray this, God, I pray this all the time. Lord, would you close every door that's not from you but close or open the one that is from you? Moses says in the Old Testament, God, if you don't go with us, Come on, if your spirit is not on this business, if your spirit is not on this marriage, if your spirit is not on this friendship, if your spirit is not on that job, and I'm going to say no. 
So write down the revelation. What, what, what do you feel like God is speaking to you? There's another purpose behind this. You know, I remember back in the day, we had this uh, YMCA vision that, that God kind of birthed in my heart in a, in a roundabout way. I was driving around Grand Park, and if you're not familiar with Grand Park, it's one of the largest youth sports complexes on the planet. It's right in our backyard in Westfield, like a million visitors a year, crazy. People from all around the country come for tournaments, youth tournaments. A lot of people don't even know it's there, but when you drive into Westfield on Keystone, right, you see Welcome to Grand Park, basically. That's what we're known by. Well, I felt like God gave me a dream, genuinely, before you. When we, when we planted this church, Man, I'm from here. I played travel sports. I grew up and I played WISI. I was like, what would it look to like to have a church right at the heart of Grand Park? One of the dreams I originally had was to travel, actually, and to be an evangelist. One of my, my, my heroes of the faith that I look up to, what he did is Billy Grimm. And, and I, I, when I originally got called to ministry, that was my dream. People would ask me, what do you want to do, Andy? I want to travel around like Billy Graham. I want to do tent crusades. Uh, that would be awesome. And then we had kids. Some of y'all with me now, okay? And I kid you not, I, I want to testify. God has rewritten that dream in my life. I remember having a conversation with Lienza, my wife, and I was like, Lienza, I, I feel like I'm called to reach a much broader audience than just my hometown, but... But it just doesn't make sense. Like, I want to travel, but I'm called to be here. And Lienza prophesied over me. She said, God's going to bring the people to you. And I had a revelation. I had a moment where I said, oh, my goodness, God, because you said no, you are making things happen. Yes, in a roundabout way. But watch this. When the anointing is on the dream, he sustains the dream. Meaning, if God's spirit is on it, he will sustain it. A lot of us have dreams that we cannot sustain. I remember the Holy Spirit telling me one time, I was running at a very fast pace. We started the church, things were moving. I'm handling everything at the beginning, right? Like literally, okay, Instagram and doing this and doing that. And I felt like God said, don't create a pace you cannot sustain. Some of us are not seeing our dreams come to fruition because we don't have the margin in our life to give attention to it. We're maxed out. We have no blank space. I, I feel this so strongly for especially our American church culture. You know, when people say being spirit-led, spirit-led, they, they kind of boil it down to being charismatic and, and, and going crazy. But really, it's, it's actually just about having margin. The way that we are spirit-led and we walk by the spirit is actually having space for him. You don't have to be the craziest spiritualist, revivalist, shaken with the Holy Ghost type of person. You just have to have margin. And say, Lord, I don't run my calendar. I don't run my dreams. You do. So I walk by your pace. But I remember writing down the revelation. You ready? Je uh, December 9th, 2021. I wrote this. Grand Park. I believe God is giving us land for the kingdom in Grand Park. God, I feel like you had a vision of handing me a map of Grand Park saying, you are here. I don't know how. I started meeting with people. And I said, I, I don't know. We're a baby church, but I, I would love to put a church right here. And, well, you know how much property is in Grand Park? Do you want to know? Three acres? Ten acres? You got three million dollars? I don't know. Not me, right? Ten million dollars? December 9th, 2021, okay? On December 9th, 2022, we closed the deal to sign with the YMCA right at the entrance of Grand Park. 
We don't have to pay for the building. It's a $20 million building. Uh, can I testify? We're going to be paying $2,000 a month of rent to be there. We're going to be at the center entrance of Grand Park. We didn't have to pay a dime for it. We get to partner and literally link arms with the YMCA and brush shoulders with people we would never brush shoulders with to be the kingdom ambassadors right at the heart of our city one year later. So watch this. Number two, let's put this up on the screen. Let God delay your dream. I want to show this picture of us breaking ground at the YMCA. We just broke ground back on, uh, I think it was December 6th or something, right? Uh, almost another year later. So it's right at that same week. It's crazy how God does that. I write down the revelation. We seal it. Then the next year we break ground. I, I can't make it up. This is the testimony that God is starting here. Okay? This is not normal. You, just turn to your neighbor and tell them, this is not normal. Like, like you got to know this. But I have a vision in a dream that we are going to reach millions of people. That intimidates me. I can't do that. I'm not going to be, I'm not, I'm not, it's not about me. It's all about the dream team. We can do this. I believe God has called our church to reach millions of people. I'm bold enough to speak that into you, over you. We are just at the beginning, Okay. But five years from now, 10 years from now, watch this. When you let God delay the dream, this is what happens. It's a kingdom principle called acceleration. He does in one year that should take five years. When his hand is on things, he opens doors that should take 10 years. He does it in five minutes. It's easy for him. So let God delay the dream. This makes the story even crazier. I'm just telling you our story. We had a parking lot plan all drawn up for this property, okay? Because... Everyone was giving me no's in Grand Park. I'm like, this isn't going to happen. I guess we're just called to stay here, God. This is going to be amazing. I love it. We we're going to expand this building. We were going to, you know, uh, expand the parking lot. And, and the city of Westfield said, no, you can't do that. You're on an old code just based on the zoning. Like, you literally cannot expand your parking lot. You're going to have to pay $750,000 to get a blister lane. We're not going to do that, okay? That was September ish of 2021 and then I kid you not about a week later just a few days later the YMCA reaches out to me and says would you like to be the church partner at the center entrance of Grand Park I said us right oh yes yes right yeah God you spoke this right like no I remember Habakkuk 2.3 says this for the revelation awaits an appointed time God has an appointed time in the destiny he's spoken over your life do you know that it says in Galatians 4, when the set time fully came for Christ to be born, God has a set time in your life. It's called the Kairos time. But when the Kairos time, God being outside of time, collides with the natural time, watch this. When it's not God's time, you can't force it. But when it is God's time, you cannot stop it. What he speaks will come to pass. Isaiah 55 says, what the Lord speaks, it will come to pass. Just like the snow hit the floor, and we were all worried about driving to church today, right? Just like the snow hit the ground, the word of the Lord will come to pass. But catch this. The delay in your dream is not punishment. It's protection. Why is this true? Look at what Psalm 24 says. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Verse 4, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol, swear by a false god. Now, theologically, Jesus is the only one perfectly who could ever have a pure heart, okay? 
We're not on Christ's level. We're human. We're sinful. We're broken. We're jealous. We're prideful. We're insecure. Can I tell you, I struggle with all those things. God has to work out our salvation. But catch this. The delay gives time for your character to match your calling. This is how I said it in my notes. I want to read it word for word. When you see God's hand but not his face, you get blessings with no discernment. Let's read this. Psalm 24, 5 through 6. They will receive what? Somebody say it. Blessing. Oh, it's not on the screen. Psalm 24, 5 through 6. You guys are like, what are you talking about, Andy? I'll read it for you. Psalm 24, 5 through 6. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Can we throw that up on the screen? Are we, we lost it? That's all good. Okay. A lot of people seek God's hand, but they don't seek his face. I'll just unpack this for you. When you get blessings from God, but you don't seek his face, you get blessings with no discernment. Well, I want the marriage. Like, like Andy, if I could just be in the marriage, but God is saying, you don't have clean hands and a pure heart yet. You're not ready yet. I could bless you with it, but you won't have the discernment, the devotion, or the discipline to handle it. So God is so good right? He loves you so much that he says, I've got this. And trust me, it's way better than you could dream of. Andy, I know you want to go to the NBA. That's cool. That's awesome. I love that. But I'm actually take how I wired you and I'm going to connect that. I'm going to take your passion of ministry and basketball and combine them in a way no one could have ever have dreamed of, right? He has it. He's holding it for your business, for your ministry. He's, he's got it. He is God. He's got it under control. But the delay that you think, right, we think God is late, we're just early. We're just early. Our flight got delayed. I flew on Alaska Air this past week, guys. Y'all praying for me? Anyone know what happened with Alaska Air? The door flew out during the flight, okay? Now, during my flight, just to make sure you're with me, I sat on the inside. And, and I, I had this mapped out. We're flying back, okay? And they're inspecting all the Boeings, Okay? And I had my, my daughter here, and I was like, if that thing flies out, you know you have those dad moments, like, like could I be like G.I. Joe, and like, I'm holding, you know, you picture those things in your mind. Those are the kind of revelations we have often, right? But I want to encourage you with this. Uh, pretty soon here, we're going to be going into 21 days of prayer. Let's, let's throw this graphic up on the screen. And um, I think God wants to do things in 2024 that, that people would laugh at. They would go, yeah, right. He's doing it in 2023. God has given me so much boldness to share my testimony because it, it's this prayer. It's, God, would you do something so magnificent that only you could take glory for? But can I tell you, can I speak to a mom right now who says, Andy, I don't have, it feels like a, a large, magnificent dream. Don't let man put value to your dream. Okay? Your dream is not about a platform. It's not about how much it looks cool. Your dream that God is giving you, birthing in you, is not insignificant in the eyes of God. Don't let anyone look down. Come on. Don't let anyone put value. It, it, it's not about that. Actually, I think some of the best miracles happen in the mundane. Some of the, my most incredible dreams come true had nothing to do with basketball. It's between me and my daughter. No one else would ever see it's when she smiles and she, she looks at me and goes, Daddy, I just love you. And I, I'm like, all right, I got to get out of here. Like, I'm a tough guy, right? 
But, but it's, it's those mundane things. So, so maybe I'm talking to someone that's like, Andy, I don't have that, that kind of, oh, YMCA. It's like, that's not, they're, they're not on different levels. You hear me? It's even playing ground at the foot of the cross. But what did he give you? So many times, y'all, we, I do this with music. I'm about to put out a song. I'm being vulnerable with you. I'm about to put out a spoken word, and the, the enemy tells me right last second, well, you're not as far along as him. Can I tell you, God has you on your own path of time. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left, God tells Joshua. But meditate on the word day and night. Keep it original. Keep it authentic. Don't try to be someone else. A lot of times on social media, we pretend to be something we're not. Oh, I'm, I'm Maverick City. I'm all this. Like, No, just be you. I love Maverick City. Okay? I'm just using that as an example that came to my mind. right? Like, like so many of us, we compare our timeline with someone else. And we say, well, I, I can't have kids. Like, I should have at this time. Like, I should be married by now. And God's saying, stop comparing yourself. I have you on your own timeline. Stop looking to the left and to the right. Imagine if you spent all the time you spend comparing yourself, meditating on the word, how much different you'd be. I do this all the time, you all. I listen. I'm a hip-hop artist. I listen to stuff Reach Records puts out. And the enemy will tell me over and over, you'll never put something out like that. You'll never be. Like, how good Andy Mideo is. Can I be honest with you? You ever do that? And God says, Andy, do what I called you to do. Why? Because success, you ready? Success in all your dreams is not about anything else but your obedience. That's what the Lord is showing me. In the kingdom of heaven, guess what? It's not going to look like what it looks like on earth. Meaning, we in the Christian church, the, 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 the church of Jesus Christ all over the world, we give crowns to people when really... It's the servants that will be the greatest. Fame is totally different in the kingdom of heaven. So maybe God is asking you, has that dream become an idol? This is what New City Church says. We fast from things that are fine to keep God first. I remember walking into my, one of my first chapels, and we'll be done here in just a moment. And I, I was so excited, man. I'm, I'm on the basketball court. You know, I'm, I'm working with the team. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And one of my mentors was there. And, and he said this phrase. And he said, Andy, he said, keep the top shelf the top shelf. And it, like, shook me in the moment. Because what he was saying is, don't let your dream become your idol. Because when your dream becomes your idol, everyone else's success is a threat to you. You with me? The reason why we can't be happy for other people when they're blessed is because whatever they were blessed with is probably an idol in our life. So here's number four. You ready? Let God defend your dream. Would you stand to your feet with me? Let God defend your dream. Nehemiah 6, 1 through 4. When the word came and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not left a gap in it, though up to that time I had not yet set the doors and the gates. Sambalat and Geshem sent me this message, come, let's meet together in the villages of the, the plain of Ono. And when they were scheming to harm me, I sent messengers to them with this reply, I'm carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? In the dreams God has given you, there will be opposition. Do you know that? And a lot of times, please get this, a lot of times we think the opposition is an absence of God's hand when really it's the evidence. Verse four, four times they sent me this message. 
And each time I will give them the same answer. Let's go back down to Nehemiah 2, 17 through 18. It's a couple slides down. This is what it says. Then I said to them, you will see the trouble we are in. We're rewinding a little bit. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. We will no longer be in disgrace. Verse 18, and I told them about the gracious hand of God that is on me. Let me speak this again to you. The opposition that you received in 2023, the opposition that you've been getting from people, from family, people that are speaking all sorts of things over you, guess what? Maybe it's not the absence of God's sovereign hand on your life. It's the evidence. I love what Acts chapter 5 says, when the, when the disciples, the apostles were persecuted and there was pushback, all that stuff, it literally said, if this is from them, it'll fail. If God's hand is not on it, it'll fail. But if it is from God, you will only find yourself fighting against God. Let me share this phrase with you. There's a big difference between marked by God and being mentioned by man. A lot of us want so badly to be mentioned by man. We want our boss to see us. We want the church to see us. We want everyone to give us a round of applause. And God said, me having my hand on your life is enough. Stop waiting for everyone else's validation over something God already co-signed and said, it's already done. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. It's a lot better to be anointed by God than advertised by men. Can I encourage you again, when you take the path of the Lord, I wanna put this phrase up, 52 days, that's how long it took for them to rebuild the walls. How long do you think that should have taken? 52 days is what it took. That is when God's hand is on something, when he's on a church, when he's on a family, when he's on a marriage, he can do things rapidly. It's easy for him. When his hand and his spirit is flowing, it's easy. It's not gonna be that hard for God. All you have to do is just get in the river. Get in the river. That's why I felt like God is telling me this year, just get in the river. Andy, I'm doing something that is so much bigger than you. It's not about you, but just get into the river because we're going. Ready or not, here he comes. You feel that? You feel that this year? So here's this, dream again. What has God put so deep in your heart? And you've had visions about it. And you've had people prophesy it over you. And, and, and you've literally handed your pearls to the swine. Jesus says, be careful about who you tell your dream to. Because if you have the dream, but you don't have the dream team, it's not going to go anywhere. You're walking around sharing your dream with everyone. There's a lot of things God tells me in my quiet time I never tell you guys. Because he's saying it's not, it's, it's not time yet. They're not ready for that yet. We have to watch every spiritual thing that we're going through, trying to see our dreams come to fruition that God gave us. It's going to come down to an issue of devotion, discipline, or discernment. Some of us are lacking the discernment component. You're spending time with turkeys and God called you to spend time with eagles. You're spending time with people right now. Well, they were in high school, man, we've always been friends. They've always been here. They've always been a part of our church. And God is saying, if you're going to elevate, I need you to separate. If you're going to ascend the mount of the Lord, I saw a prophetic word I was reading in scripture. I know we're going a little long, but just hang with me for a second. They gave this vision. They said, in 2023, there were a lot of monkeys on your back. 
but it's only a certain time where the monkeys cannot sustain a certain level where God is taking you. It's the same with the eagle and the crow. A lot of us are hanging out with crows, people that are speaking poison into your destiny. Speak, well, you'll never be able to. You'll never have the resources. Our family has never had that. And God is saying, you're a generational chain breaker. Good news is you're moving on. You are leaving and cleaving. You are moving on saying, for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. For me and my household, we're going to see every single dream, every single desire that he has spoken. It will come to fruition in Jesus' name. So dream again, church. Psalm 24 says, lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up. Why? So the king of glory may come in. A lot of us as a church, we're looking down. We're, we're, ne- we're, we're, we're dwelling on the negative. I can never. It's too late. And God's saying, lift your eyes again. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I believe this. We are entering into a greater awakening we have ever seen ever. Do you want to be a part of that? I don't know about you. I don't want to be stuck in the past. I don't want to be stuck around with turkeys when God is saying, I have called you to soar. Man, I've called this church to take off. I have called you to walk in your purpose, your identity, your gifting, like you would never believe and unapologetically so. But it's time for you to say, if I'm going to elevate, I have to separate. I cannot hang around this bottle any longer. I cannot be watching this pornography any longer. I have to separate myself. God is prophetically speaking this. He has set us apart, church. He set us apart. We can't be comparing what we're doing. Well, well, well those Christians kind of gossip like that. I guess it's okay for me to. No, no, no. He set you apart. He set you apart. Well, well, they kind of dabble in gambling. I mean, I, I, I kind of dabble in getting drunk and tipsy here and there. God said, no, no, no. I've, I've, I've separated you. It's time in 2024 to come out and be separate. You might lose some friends, but can I prophesy this? He will only bring better people. Can I prophesy that when people have left, they've shamed, they manipulated, they've guilt? Can I say he's only brought stronger and more pure-hearted people to this church? Can I tell you, you might be lonely for a season, but watch him bring a harvest of people your way, a harvest of people that are saying, I don't know about you, but I'm going to see my destiny fulfilled. I'm not going to waste any more stinking time dwelling and saying, oh, I can't. I, no, we will in Jesus' name. Can, I, can we praise the Lord one time for 2024? We will conquer. We will see it come to pass. He is faithful. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forevermore. His name is Jesus. Come on, lift up another shout of praise. Come on. Jesus, we worship you. We're going to see the promised land. We're going to see everything come to pass, God. Because if you hold the keys of our destiny, no man, no demon, no authority under heaven or on earth, but you, Jesus, we will walk in it. We will walk in it. And we will walk in it unashamed. Because if he is for us, who could be against us? Would you bow your head with me? Father, I love you. We worship you. We're going to see everything come to pass this year. And right now, I I do sense a moment of repentance that if we're going to see it happen, we need clean hands and a pure heart. Like God is literally saying, I am about to do it. Like, Like I am literally about to do it. The walls of Jericho are literally about to fall, but don't miss it. So right now, we need to have a moment of repentance. God loves you so much. He does not want you to miss out. Man, God, thank you for your patience. Oh, my goodness. We should be left in the wilderness, but God is saying, no, no, I want you so badly to see your promised land. 
Like, I want you so badly to experience it, man. It gives him joy as your father. So right now, with heads bowed, eyes closed, this is not for me. This is between you and the Lord. God is having a moment where we are coming out and being separate. Separate from addiction, separate from pornography, binging, drinking. We're about to enter into 21 days of prayer and fasting. So right now, with heads bowed, eyes closed, would you just lift a hand if you're saying, God, I'm coming clean right now about something. I don't want to miss out. Just lift your hand. Unashamed. This isn't for me. What is that idol? What is that thing? God is saying, no, come out and be separate. God, I thank you that it's by the blood of Jesus we're forgiven. So right now with hands lifted, God, I thank you that you have forgiven us. Just under your breath, genuinely before the Lord, just say, Father, forgive me. speak forgiveness. You speak it, but we agree with it, Father. And God, I thank you that it says when we confess our sins to one another, we are also healed. And so, Father, we just speak prophetically right now over everyone that the enemy was trying to keep down in the grave. They were trying to destroy the marriage. They were trying to destroy the business. They were trying to destroy our, 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 our whatever we're taking or going into. Father, we just speak healing, God. We just speak resurrection life. We speak resurrection power, Father. God, I thank you. Genesis 50, 20 says, what the enemy intended for evil, God will use for good. God, you're working it all together for our good. We speak it and decree it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen and amen. If you believe God is taking you into your promised land, would you just raise a hand and give the Lord a shout of praise one more time? Come on. He's worthy. He's faithful of it all. But this year, we need purity. Clean hands and a pure heart. Be separate. Be all in. Watch him bring it to pass. You don't even have to strive, manipulate it, get it. It's just going to happen. But he needs you to be sold out. I'm sold out. I'm right there with you. I'm, I've already decided. Here am I. Send me, Lord. You ready? So let's worship one more time as we close the service.